Welcome to this message from Port Life Church. Our goal is to bring life to the Port community and beyond. And our hope is that this message will inspire and encourage you today. Good morning. If I'd said to you in February 2020, I'm at home with my family in quarantine for seven days because we're close contacts. My my daughter's gone and had a negative rat test and then that was negative and we thought well better go and do a PCR and that came back actually positive and now I'm awaiting my PCR result you would probably have had no idea what I was talking about nor could you relate to it and yet now you know exactly what I'm talking about in fact so many of us are living that same situation right now which is the reason we can't even hold live church uh, this Sunday so who's enjoyed the last few months For nearly two years, Australia was relatively sheltered from the full impact of COVID, even though financially some people were certainly ruined. Mentally, the times of isolation took its toll on lots of people. But when I compare it to what happened overseas, we as a country have been uh, generally blessed. But now, over the last few months, the virus has well and truly started to take hold here. We all know people that are getting sick. We know people that are regularly in quarantine. Maybe you are yourself today like me, which has further stretched people financially and mentally. And I know lots of people now that actually want to get COVID. It's not that they actually want COVID, but they just want to get it over with so they can actually get that three-month freedom from quarantine period. People are sick of all the close contact rules. They're sick of rats. They're sick of PCRs. It's all been very disruptive. And because this has gone on for so long, it's actually changing people. With so much uncertainty and change forced upon people, people have been making changes themselves. People are reprioritizing. The first clear evidence of this came from the USA last year. In 2021, over 47 million Americans voluntarily quit their jobs. That is voluntarily. This is from the US Bureau of Labor Statistics. An unprecedented voluntary mass exodus spurred on by COVID-19. A guy called Anthony Klotz, who was the Associate Professor of Management at Texas A&M University, gave it a name. He called it the Great Resignation, as it's now widely known. What about in Australia? Well, it started here too. Comsec Chief Economist Craig James said a couple of weeks ago, the great job market shuffle is underway. What gave him the impression that this is underway in Australia? Well, he's actually referring to the latest ABS unemployment publication. And he said, for the first time, there are more people that say they are unemployed because they left their last job rather than those that lost jobs through redundancy, business failure, or poor performance. So what he's saying is people are choosing to resign. Some are looking for something new, others wanting to leave the big cities, um, and some people, because house prices have gone up so much, have actually decided to sell up, downsize, and quit their job. The great resignation in Australia is well and truly underway. Now, the great resignation is centered around employment and lifestyle. But the question I want to ask today is, is that all people are reviewing? What about Christianity? Are people reviewing that? Has COVID led to a great resignation of faith? Are people walking away from churches and or God? 
Now, I haven't seen any data yet that suggests that people are walking away from God, but I've got to say there are alarm bells. The statistics so far are indicating that far less people are attending church regularly or at all than pre-pandemic. And this is certainly true of Port Life as well. Now, you'd expect people to be more irregular due to COVID restrictions and times where people are sick and in quarantine, but some people have not been for months and others since the pandemic began. And this is happening in every church. And if this trend continues for another 12 months, the concern is that there will be a permanent resignation from church, which will impact people's relationship with God. And it will impact the church. How important is it that we remain part of the local church? The Bible makes it clear that we're all meant to be part of a local church. In Romans 12 verse 4 it says, Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. Ephesians 4, 15 and 16 says, We will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly, as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow, so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. There are so many reasons why church should be a key priority. The most important one is it helps us to continue to love God and to put God first. It helps us to be more Christ-like and it helps others to be more Christ-like. And of course, it helps other people to find Jesus. But there's this real danger that Christians post-COVID will have permanently removed themselves from the church. Now, some will say, I still follow God, I just don't do the church thing anymore. And I want to say, if that's something that you yourself is, are contemplating, that that is not God's plan for you. This is actually a bad idea. This is not a God idea. The scriptures are clear. We all belong to each other. We need each other. Hebrews 10 says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do but encourage one another. It's hard to encourage us each other when we're not catching up with each other regularly. These verses in Hebrews are wisdom on how to persevere in the faith, how to keep going strong for God, and in no way does it say or imply that we should ever try to do it alone. And yet that's the path that some people are heading down. This whole situation reminds me of a guy in the Old Testament called Jonah. Now, many of you would know him or know the story, and he was a prophet, and his job was very clear. His job was to hear from God and to tell people what God said. With this in mind, I want to read a little bit of that story. In Jonah 1, it says, The Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittai. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it, because I have seen how wicked its people are. Jonah? Go to and tell Nineveh how wicked they are, and I want you to ask them to repent. Now, had Jonah gone and done this, Jonah would have been one of the very shortest books in the Bible because um, it that would have been it. He would have done what he was told to do, and it would have been over. But that's not what took place. In verse 3, it says, But Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. He went down to the port of Joppa, where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. He bought a, sh a ticket and went on board, hoping to escape the Lord from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish 
that's a tricky thing to say, Tashish. It's given me a lisp. This is Jonah's great resignation moment. Lord, I've put myself out there for you. Time and time again, I've been your spokesperson for decades. In faith, I've prophesied to kings for you, knowing that they'll chop off my head if I get it wrong. I've done so much, but now I'm tired. And I'm over all the stress. I'm over the pressure. I'm over the job. I can't do this anymore. I'm out. I resign. He doesn't actually tell God this. He actually just disappeared. Didn't tell God anything. Now I can see where he's coming from. He wants people to like him. He wants to be popular. I mean, who doesn't? I, I certainly did want to be popular. Um, certainly as a kid, I really wanted to be popular, but I had a few things working against me. Um, I did well at maths and chemistry. Um, my dad was a pastor and I was in a public school. I played a bit of lawn bowls with my grandfather. Um, not great um, sport to tell people you do. Had an extensive stamp collection. I wasn't allowed to go to blue light discos. I wore shoes we bought from Kmart and to top it all off, a lady from church made my brother and I matching bather suits. It's not being fun, it's not fun being unpopular. And Jonah had something to lose because he actually was popular. It says in 2 Kings 14, Jeroboam II recovered the territories of Israel between Lebohamath and the Dead Sea, just as the Lord, the God of Israel, had promised through Jonah. Jonah predicted that Israel would get its territories back. He promised the king it would happen, and guess what? It did happen. And so he became really popular, and he wanted it to stay that way. So when God gives him this new challenge, you know, go to the Assyrians, go to their city of Nineveh, go visit the enemy, and tell them to repent because they're wicked, Jonah's like, yeah, I don't think so. No way am I doing that. What if our people found out that I've been prophesying to the enemy? And what if my they found out that my actions lead to those people repenting and being restored? I'd be very unpopular. So instead, Jonah got up, went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. So Jonah resigned. And he would have thought he'd made the right decision because everything was falling into place. You know when things are falling into place and you go, yeah, God must be in on this. Because he goes to the port of Joppa. He finds a ship leaving for Tarshish. There's room for him on the ship. And he had enough money to buy a ticket. Oh, this I must be doing the right thing because everything's just falling into place. You know what? Sometimes we think that because things are going well for us, we must have made the right decision. But open doors don't always mean you should enter. In verse 4, it says, But the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. Fearing for their lives, the desperate sailors shouted to their gods for help, and they threw the cargo overboard to lighten the ship. But all this time, Jonah was sound asleep down in the hold. So the captain went down after him. How can you sleep at a time like this, he shouted. Get up, pray to your God. Maybe he'll pay attention to us and spare our lives. A violent storm arose. 
it's so violent that the ship is going to break up. I've never been, I've been on a ship in a, in a massive hurricane storm, but the ship was in no way going to break up. I can't imagine what this is like. It's so violent. It's so violent they start throwing precious cargo, all of it, overboard, just to try and survive. Now, whilst this mayhem is happening, we need to remember what Jonah's doing. And of course, he's sleeping. Because when we go our own way, we stop listening to what God's trying to tell us to do. And so we switch off from God. And so when Jonah resigned from living for God, he lost many things. First of all, he lost the voice of God. You know, God used a storm to speak to him um, because, it, because he couldn't talk to him anymore. In the past, he'd just tell Jonah because he could talk to him. But Jonah had lost that. God had to speak to him through a storm. Jonah also lost his relationship with God. You know, the sailors are having this sort of an interesting prayer meeting. You know, one's praying to this God and another's praying to another God. They're sort of, it's a sort of hedge your bets sort of prayer meeting. You know, hopefully some sort of a God will listen um, to our problem. And then the captain shouts, Jonah, why aren't you praying to your God? Why isn't Jonah praying? Well, I, I think he's not praying because he can't. Because praying is talking to God and Jonah's run away from God. And if Jonah wants to talk to God, he needs to sort out his relationship with God and it's just all too hard. He doesn't want to talk to God. He doesn't have to deal with all those issues. He's run away from God. And so he lost his relationship with God. He also lost his testimony. It says, Then the crew cast lots to see which of them had offended the gods and caused a terrible storm. When they did this, the lots identified Jonah as a culprit. Why has this awful storm come down on us? They demanded. Who are you? What is your line of work? What country are you from? What is your nationality? Jonah answered, I'm a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven. Who made the sea and the land. The sailors were terrified when they heard this, for they'd already he had already told them he was running away from the Lord. Oh, why did you do it? they groaned. He told the sailors he was running away from the Lord. Great testimony. I'm a Hebrew, I worship the Lord, the God of the heavens, who made the sea and the land. So what are you doing here? Oh, running away from him. Wow, tell me more about your God. Not a great testimony. And what's worse, he then gets rebuked by a group of pagan Gentile sailors that say, oh, why did you do it? It's interesting that they had more spiritual insight than Jonah. Gives you an idea of where he was at with God at that point. They understood that you don't just turn your back on your God. Hebrews 12, 6 says, the Lord disciplines those he loves. And this is important. God loved Jonah. That's why he was putting him through this. And since the storm was getting worse all the time, they asked him, what should we do to you to stop this storm? Now, Jonah's got two options. Number one, option number one, he gets down on his hands and knees and he says, Lord, please forgive me for what I've done. And then he can hope that God calms the storm. Or option number two, he jumps overboard. Now, surely a rational person would say option number one is the best one to start with. It would be better to pray and hope that God um, just takes the storm away than jumping into the storm, 
jumping overboard. Not for Jonah. He says, throw me into the sea and it will become calm again. See, Jonah's heart has become so hard that he would rather drown than ask God for forgiveness. Imagine if he'd prayed and God had calmed the storm. What a powerful testimony he would have had for those sailors that day. But instead, the sailors were prepared to do more for Jonah than he was prepared to do for them. Because it says the sailors rode even harder to get the ship to land, but the stormy sea was too violent for them and they couldn't make it. On top of that, when the sailors realised they were in a hopeless situation, they did what Jonah should have done. Then they cried out to the Lord, Jonah's God. O Lord, they pleaded, don't make us die for this man's sin and don't hold us responsible for his death, O Lord. You have sent this storm upon us, upon him, for your own good reasons. Then they placed themselves at God's mercy. Then the sailors picked Jonah up and threw him into the raging sea and the storm stopped at once. The sailors were awestruck by the Lord's great power and they offered him a sacrifice and vowed to serve him. You know, our purpose in life is to worship God and to be in his presence forever. How do we do that best? It says in Ephesians 6, 6, do the will of God with all your heart. I think that's what Jonah failed to do. But there's good news because God is merciful and God didn't want to destroy Jonah. Far from it. He loved him and he wanted to restore him. It says in verse 17, Now the Lord had arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah and Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. God did that to keep Jonah safe. There's a lot we can learn from Jonah, but the lesson that I think is really important for us today is to only do what God wants you to do. With the great resignation well and truly underway, when it comes to church and God, maybe it's been tough for you over the last two years, but can I encourage you, let's not be like Jonah. Let's not resign from the things God has called us all to do. Again, it in Hebrews 10, it says, let us think of ways to motivate one another. Can you hear the plural in this? This is not me operating alone. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Who for? Others. And let us not neglect our meeting together. That's us, not me. All of us should be doing this, as some people do, but encourage one another. It sounds to me like these verses are making it very clear we're meant to be in this together. We're not meant to live the Christian life alone. We're all called to do life together. And when it comes to our relationship with God and our commitment to our local church, COVID should not lead us to a great resignation. It should lead us to a great reassignment. It's inevitable. You are going to end up in quarantine like me at some point, if you haven't already, and maybe you have five times already. But what a great opportunity that is. You know, hopefully in that time, there is a chance for you to sit down and just think about what God is calling you to do. An important thing for all of us is to be praying, Lord, where is my Nineveh? Lord, my life is yours. What do you want me to be doing? He doesn't want you to resign. But God may very well lead you 
to reassign what you do. Maybe God has been trying to stretch you. Maybe God has placed things on your heart for you to do. And it's taken this COVID thing to stir things up because you were stuck in a rut pre-2020. You weren't going anywhere for God. But now God is trying to stir something up. Maybe he has put something on your heart. But for the same reason, for some reason, sorry, you're doing the opposite. Instead, you're doing a Jonah. You're ignoring him. What are you going to do about it? Don't resign from the things of God. Allow God to reassign you over this coming year. My heart in all of this is I don't want to see people at the end of this two or three or four year period or whatever this is develop hard hearts for God. A hard heart is one that almost falls out of love with him, that almost sees church as a chore, that doesn't really live for God anymore but starts living for ourselves and I don't want us to be doing that. You know, God has, we are in a situation where, where we have this COVID situation, but God is always at work. He's always able to use any opportunity for good. And I just pray, my prayer to you today is that you would start speaking to him and saying, Lord, what do you want me to be doing going forward? Not what am I going to stop doing, but Lord, what do you want me to start doing? Where do you want me next? Where where do you want me to be serving? Where do you want me, what do you want me to be doing? And I just pray that the Lord would give you the opportunity, the heart and the wisdom to make those right decisions going forward. God bless. I hope you have a great week. Thanks for listening to this message from Port Life Church. If you have any questions, please email info at portlife.org.au. Have a great day.